Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I'm always looking to help the Next Level Soul audience take their soul to the next level. And I've been able to partner with Mind Valley to present you guys with a ton of free master classes between 60 and 90 minutes covering mind, body, soul, relationships, and conscious entrepreneurship. Some of these master classes are taught by spiritual masters, relationship experts, best selling authors, legends in the personal growth and spirituality space, and so much more. So if you want to sign up for any of our free mind, body, and soul masterclasses, just head over to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Now, today we're going to answer the question, can the other side communicate with us? And better question is, can you use technology to communicate with the other side? Well, today's guest is going to answer that for us. We have on the show today, psychic Joshua Lewis. And Joshua and I have a fantastic conversation about his journey into this world and so much more. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Joshua Lewis. How are you doing, Joshua? Grateful, grateful to be here, Alex. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I'm doing good. Thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Um, I'm just going to get right into it, man. I wanted to ask you your first question because your work is really interesting and, and your journey is really interesting. Um, what was your life like before your first spiritual experience? I mean, I was raised in a good home. I was raised in a middle-class, you know, uh, home, Connecticut, uh, New York area. And, and it was a very happy childhood. I, I share in my book that I, you know, I was a pretty sensitive kid. I was picked on a lot and all that. And I, you know, and that's not a, a sob story or to feel sorry, but that's just what led me to overcompensate. And I start, I got into addiction. I mean, I was, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol, um, you know, at the age of 12, 13 years old. And um, it, it didn't stop until I was 24. So, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a rough patch. I mean, I, I that's not a patch. That's a rough period. Um, it's a rough decade. Know, it's a rough yeah, decade. Over a decade of, of, of a lot of difficulties that um, a lot of arrests and things and getting in trouble and um, just bottoming out, you know, so it, it was, there was very little hope. It felt very hopeless. So what was your first spiritual experience? You know, my first spiritual experience I share about in the book and something really interesting just happened recently about um, regarding it, which is very strange. But my first spiritual experience was I was it was like uh, 2000 and I was really um, in a bad place. I didn't know where to turn, what to do. Family was tired of me. Um, I burned all the bridges and I was crying. I was I wanted to confess my sins. I didn't. I believed in a God, but I didn't know what that was or what that power was for me. Um, so I was driving at two in the morning. No one was out and I, and I didn't know where to go. And I, I pulled into a church 
the parking lot was empty. The rectory was closed. Um, the church was closed. There was a little grotto on the side where you can light candles and kneel. And the statue of the Blessed Mother holding the, the the baby Jesus. I went in there. I lit a candle. I I, I kneeled down, and I was just crying. And um, I was just saying, God, I just want someone to talk to. If you're real, can I talk to someone? And I kept looking over at the rectory, thinking maybe a priest would see that I was in there and just feel compelled to walk over. And out of nowhere, this little old lady, no car pulled up, nothing, just this little old lady walked into the grotto holding a little dog. She lit a candle. She kneeled down next to me. She didn't say a word. And then she put her hand on my shoulder and looked at me and said, would you like to confess your sins? And that's all I wanted. So at just with those few words, something was happening in that moment for me that um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the person was an apparition or some kind of angel, but I will say that it felt like the power, the higher power heard my plea and somehow plucked someone, you know, and moved them to where I needed, you know, where, and, and it was very amazing. And I, I cried and I, she pulled out this little black book, this old little black book with prayers in it. And she read from it. And I, confessed my sins she gave me this necklace off her neck that she said was her father's on his deathbed and that she wanted me to have it that god told her to give it to uh, to me i said i couldn't take it but she forced it and i took it i still have it to this day and um as quickly as she was there she was gone she walked out i sat there like a second barely a couple seconds and i got up and i said i just need to see it and she was gone and, and so i don't know the other day my aunt who lives in New Hampshire was, um, she was reading my book. She was reading it a second time. She loves the book. And many people have given me a lot of wonderful uh, reviews about it. And I'm really grateful. And her, her uh, granddaughter, my cousin's daughter was is 13. She's reading the book herself. And, and she was really inspired by that experience in the book. She felt something from that story when she read it. And my my aunt went into her own bedroom after talking to her granddaughter about this story. And she went into her nightstand that she goes into every night. And this is a very strange little side thing. No one knows about this because it just happened. So I'm telling it to you for the first time, mm -hmm. uh, to anyone really hearing it. And um, she, she goes into her nightstand. There's a little drawer. She goes in there every night and she keeps her little things in there. And she, and she opens the drawer there's a little black book with prayers and these in, in Italian and with like a little saint cards. And she says, Josh, I just talked to Maisie about this story. She goes, I don't know what this is in my nightstand. I've never seen this black book before in my life. I said, Aunt Lynn, I said, listen, I'm sure you probably had the book somewhere in the house or something. It's an, it's an old book. Maybe grandma had it or something, you know, and whatever. She goes, even if that was true, it would not be in this on top in the drawer that I go in every night. It's impossible. And no, I've never seen this book in my life. Wow. And I'm sending it to you overnight. So I, I'm supposed to receive it here any day. Oh, so you haven't gotten it yet. So we're really in the not, mix. We're in the mix of it. Now that could be something which is known as an a port, 
which is an eye physical item that's transported from one dimension to the next or can materialize in our own dimension. Mm -hmm. I've never seen proof of it in all of my 10 years of research. I've never had any, but uh, that is something that just happened. I trust her. She's very, she's of sound mind. She's a writer. She's a brilliant person. And um, so I'm not doubting my aunt, but when someone tells you something like that, it's a little daunting. Like it's, a, it's hard to process. It's hard to accept it. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, someone, something put that book, whether that's the book from that story or not, put that book in her nightstand or it appeared there somehow right after she had this conversation with her, with her granddaughter about that story. So tell me about Crazy. instruct in, instrumental trans communications. The first time I ever heard that term. What is that? And see, that's very interesting. That's the first time you've ever heard of that term. Yet you know about mediums, you know about sure. psychics, you know about, you know, seances and all these other types of afterlife research or occult things that are going on. Mm -hmm. But why have you not heard about ITC? And the first guys to ever do that stuff is Thomas Edison, mm -hmm. Nikola Tesla. Mm -hmm. um, those are two very prominent names um, from over 100 years ago that were doing this work. Um, you've got guys like Frederick Jurgensen, who was a filmmaker, ironically, mm -hmm. um, that was recording ADR and doing different things with a recorder on a windowsill. And he started capturing um, EVP, electronic voice phenomena, messages, words uh, to him. His name was being said and other coherent messages. Um, Konstantin Radaval is a, a, a famous Latvian scientist who was, again, another prominent name. And he says, ITC is not um, a hobby, is not something to be taken lightly. It is a very serious thing to be, to be researched and done. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, so that is, you know, the, the people, those are the people that were working on ITC. And I'm just one now of many um, that are, you know, that is also a pioneer in the ITC field. Um, and it's using an instrument, using a device or an instrument to communicate um, with, a, with a, a being in another dimension. Now, based on what your research, based on your research, what do you think happens to us when we die? Well, the guy that I think gets it right the most as far as explaining the process of, of energy, the afterlife, the higher power aspect is the face right behind you. Um, the guy right there behind you is the one I, I defer to. I, I, I just I always say, listen, you really want to know the real deal. You got to read this book. Okay, and this that's Param Paramahansa Yogananda from Paramahansa the book is Yogananda. Autobiography of a Yogi, which is on uh, on my website. I promote it constantly. Okay, so that so you're you know you're in tune to the truth and you know the deal. My scientific research over the last ten years has backed what this guy is saying, um, what the lineage of the gurus are saying, Baba G, um, 
you know, and, and, and of course, you know, I follow Christ, I follow Jesus, but I don't follow him in a, in a religious way. I follow the true version. I like to believe the true version of Christ is all loving, non-judgmental, all compassionate, um, you know, and, and so I believe they all work together very closely, Babaji and Christ and Yogananda was a great lover of Christ, but not of religions. He was not a man of religion. He was the, he was talking about the science of communicating with God. And so what happens to us after, you know, everything is pretty much governed by our karma. Um, there are previous lives, um, you know, there, there, you know, Yogananda says, um, death does not make us um, angels. It's not the great escape that people think that it is. I'm paraphrasing his, 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 his quote, but he's saying, you know, death is not the great escape that people think it is. If death was to make us angels, then let us all go to the ocean at once and drown ourselves and become angels. But it's not that way. You are who you are in this life than you are in the afterlife. So he says, do the work now. You know, if you were a beggar and a thief before, then you're a beggar and a thief in the afterlife until you decide to change, until you decide to do the work. And so that's really what the case is. Here is the place to do the work. This is the Maya, the great delusion, the matrix, whatever you want to call it. It's the same thing. It is a matrix of light, but it's not, um, you know, it's a very dense physical feeling world. There's a lot of beauties in this world. There's a lot of horrors in this, in this world. And we are to work through those things, work through our own karmic crap, um, follow the Dharma, follow the spiritual path that we are um, to find the purpose in our life that, that we can do something that is fulfill, you know, fulfilling and being able to give back. And, um, you know, that's hard, that's hard, you know, uh, to find that, you know, that truth. But, you know, Yogananda says, he's like, the greatest thing that we can do while we're alive is to continue to seek a connection with the higher power, with, with, with our higher power. Everything else, you know, we can live our lives, have houses and cars and families and jobs and careers and we can travel the world and we can achieve great things. But if we're not meditating, if we're not seeking a connection, uh, conscious contact with our higher power on a daily basis, uh, we're wasting our time. And that when we do die and we go to the other side, I don't care how fat your bank account is. I don't care how big your house is. I don't care what you achieved while you were here as far as status goes and what you're, you know, who you became, it's what you became inside. It's the work you did internally. And so that's the true treasure, that connection with, with the higher power, the mother divine, um, you know, father, mother divine, being able to go with that connection to the other side. That's the treasure. That's so. like, the, as they say, you never see a U-Haul attached to a hearse. Correct. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, um, yeah, man. I mean, that's, 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 it's very true. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Now, do you, what do you think about the, the near death experience phenomenon of all those things? What is your take I think, I on think it? it's, I think it's a, it's a beautiful look um, into, um, you know, spiritual awakening, a beautiful look into the other side to remind, to, to help um people it's it happens for a reason um, great um 
there's a lot of documented cases. I also just really started to understand more about shared death experiences, mm -hmm. which I didn't understand really what was going on. I was hearing about these things before, but I didn't know. I was on a show uh, podcast recently with a doctor who was interviewing me and, and um, I was telling him about some of the work I was doing with, with a coma patient, a friend of mine, her, uh, his mother went into a coma and, and I believe I successfully reached her through my box, through my intuitive ability and captured her voice through my box messages very clear while she was in the coma. Um, and then after she died, then she came through again when I asked for her. So that was some really powerful work I did. And he started talking about these shared death experiences. And I had a client recently that his, his, his dog died, this little dog that he loved for like, two, I don't know how long he had the dog, long time. But he believed he, you know, he saw like he experienced going up with the dog's spirit and like giving the dog over to a loved one. And, you know, he was in a very deep meditation. And I said, that's exactly what a shared death experience is. And, and that's what this this new book that someone wrote about it. And they said 100 percent of the cases that he documented um, not 90, 100% of the cases of the 100 people that he interviewed about shared death experiences all experienced a form of light moving up and a, and a wonderful feeling, um, you know, a, along with a number of other things. So, but there was a consistency in 100% of the people that he interviewed. So that was pretty, pretty amazing. Now, you mentioned meditation and I'm a big meditator and I've had, you know, Buddhist monks on the show and Tibetans and, and it really de delved into meditation, but I'd love to hear your point of view on the importance of meditation. Well, I mean, it's really, uh, I have ADHD, so I'm, 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 I'm like an extreme case of, um, you know, the ADHD psychic, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard, um, for me. I have a strong will and I have a strong drive. So I get things done. You know, you have to be to be a filmmaker. You have to be to write a book or to do certain things. You really have to keep the main goal um, in sight in order to really achieve this. There's a lot of obstacles that one encounters. And when I first started meditating, I was, I was um, taught uh, TM, Transcendental Meditation, which is a very... I think a very good form of meditation, um, especially for people that may only, they may not want to go, I don't know how far they want to go, but like they may just want to meditate and, you know, like Howard Stern does TM. He's a big advocate of TM, and but he doesn't do it because he believes in the afterlife or believes in a God. He does it because of the, the benefits that he feels physically and just a sound mind that he gets from it. Um, so you get the mantra and you just recite that mantra and it's, you know, it's like a ball that your mind plays with so that you can go past the mind, you can go past thought. And uh, so for the first almost year or two, I mean, I don't know about that. It was like months and months of really doing TM, practicing it religiously in a sense every day. Um, I could not lose the mantra all i could do was just thoughts kept coming in and all i could do was keep reciting the mantra and then eventually i would not fall asleep but i would go pat i would lose the mantra and the maharishi says you know loss of mantra is a gain in meditation so you want to eventually lose the mantra and go past that to a theta state go deep within 
and you're kind of in just a peaceful place. You're not asleep, but you're not in heavy thought. You've gone past that point. And that's what I achieved. And then I found Yogananda and reading the book. And he talks about Kriya Yoga. And then I'm like, well, where does he teach Kriya Yoga? And then all of a sudden I had to go to an ashram and, and I had to go and spend the whole day there and learn the technique. And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, it's very difficult. Kriya yoga is very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. For some, it may not be. It, and that's why we're not allowed to teach meditation to people because you could be teaching your own crap to them, to people, and it's not the way it's supposed to be done. Um, you're supposed to be taught by a master, a guru. There's a certain you know way that it's that it's taught. So you know, um, I've learned the techniques of energization, the Hong Saw technique and, and, and the Aum technique. And, um, and I've learned from one ashram, from one guru who was, uh, um, a student devotee of, um, of, of Sri Rekshuar, of, of Swami Sri Rekshuar. Um, but I've also now, now I'm learning from the self-realization fellowship and I'm taking those lessons, which are Yogananda's direct lessons, so it's been it's been um, a challenge, but also extremely amazing and rewarding. The first time that I did Kriya Yoga, the, the proper or the first time I did it on my own without any aids, I just sat and did it the full hour. Um, this appeared to me. This vision appeared to me when I got to the end of the meditation. Mm-hmm. So I drew it and this like carpet came out and it, it extended. And this was a very vivid scene. And then it kind of rolled back and it was like, here's the door. You're working your way towards it. You're not ready to go through that. But that, that felt like a very powerful um, vision. So it's been, it's extremely important. I don't know how else to stress it, but no matter what troubles or difficulties I deal with or how many amazing meditations I have, I just know that I'm not right until I've done my meditation for the day. So I, I have to keep, I can't do my intuitive work without it. I can't, you know, it's that important. Is, uh, as a, as a filmmaker, you, you'll know this film. Remember the movie cast away. Yes. With Tom Hanks. Yeah. And I remember that he couldn't get past the waves. He couldn't get sure. off the Island. That was the biggest f- hurdle. That was his biggest hurdle. And if we, if we may use the analogy of that experience of Tom Hanks trying to get past the waves, when you're meditating, the waves just keep coming And no matter how much you try to push through, the waves keep knocking you back down and knocking you back down and knocking you back down till the one day that, not to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, he has something that gets him past the waves. Sure. And then it's calm. Yeah. And that's basically what you're doing with meditation. It's the monkey brain that, that those voices are the waves and you have to learn how to get past those waves. And once you're past them, them, yeah, once you get past them, it's it's clear sailing. It really yeah. is clear sailing. And, and you go deeper into places you, um, you haven't been able to go to before. And I always, I always find that questions get answered in that place. If I have a question in my meditation, I'll, I'll make the intent and like, can you, can someone help me with this? I'll mm-hmm. go into meditation and name will pop up or the answer will pop up or I'll have a, a, an intuition or something. Uh, it's, it's changed my life. Yeah, it, it is life changing. And it's a shame that 
Uh, and I talk about it extensively in the book about what meditation means and how everyone should be doing a form of, 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 of meditation and practicing. And if they're not, you know, it's like you're not brushing your teeth, you're not getting enough sleep, you're not doing something that really should be a firm part of everyone's life and should be taught at an early age or at an age that they can start to understand it. You know, I've kind of held off. I mean, I've, I've talked to my 10 year old daughter about it and I've showed her and I've started to introduce it, but I also don't want to be the guy that pushes it onto someone and makes them do it because that's not the way that it should be done either. The seeker has to find it. It's attraction, not promotion. So it's not, you know, I, no one's proselytizing here. It's like no one's trying to save anyone's soul with salvation and trying to get into that kind of thing. It's like, you know, finding it when, you know, when you're ready, but being at least shown that the seed has to be planted. Anyway. Yeah. Now, are you, are you afraid of dying anymore? You know, I mean, I'm 41 years old and I'm not afraid of the afterlife. I think I still have a fear of like, you know, I've seen some people die in like miserable ways. And I, you know, I, I, I don't want to ever be in pain like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to have to die slow from cancer or anything like that. Or, you know, I see a lot of it around me as I deal with this work constantly. So no, it's not a fear of like, the unknown or the fear of the death on, on the other side. Um, I feel like that's going to be, you know, I'm going to see a lot of friends. I'm going to see a lot of people. I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to experience um, a weight lifted off my shoulders in a lot of ways, but I also, you know, I mean, the way Yogananda went, right. He, he, he said, you know, he knew he was going and then he performed that, you know, that, final guru's technique, you know, um, of turning the gaze up and being able to leave almost, you know, at will. And, and that's a, that's a beautiful honor that, you know, God gives those that are able to, you know, are at that point are able to do that and say, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving soon. And they mm -hmm. do it in their sleep or they do it in a way that is, is, is okay for them, you know? But no, I'm not afraid of death. I've, I've, I've now, without a doubt, discovered that um, there's a lot of amazing things on the other side. So now, how you, you've talked about your abilities? What are your abilities, and how do you use them to connect to the other side? Um, when I first started, I, I didn't believe I had any kind of abilities. So ten years ago, I was just investigating. Uh, you know, cemeteries and abandoned places and just trying to do what kind of the ITC guys were doing in the beginning, which was just capture the stuff on, on through the equipment. And I started to feel things and I was working with a medium and, and eventually the medium said, you are going to now start getting, I'm getting a message. She said, and you are going to start getting stuff on your own. You're going to have an ability. Your partner, Nikki's going to have an ability that she's going to have. And we both really just didn't believe that. We kind of poo-pooed that message when she gave it to us, uh, even though we were seeing validations that she was real in what she was getting many times. So it was hard to deny her own ability. Mm -hmm. But for her to say that to a guy that was a former drug addict and all this other stuff, I didn't think that that was something that, you know, I had a good heart helping guys in the program, 12 Steps, 
doing a lot of work with people, but I didn't think that. So eventually, um, I, we both, Nikki and I started to pick up things and we started to get stuff that we couldn't deny ourselves. And I started working with a woman, um, Deborah Lynn Katz, PhD. Um, she's, she's the, uh, she runs the International School of Clairvoyance. She's a psychology major. She's parapsychology. She's in charge of the um, remote viewing, international remote viewing um, association or conference, whatever it mm -hmm. is. Um, so she's the president of that. So she's worked with some really amazing people. And she taught me, you know, how to develop my intuitive ability, how to harness it, how to work with it. And by no means am I like the greatest medium in the world or claim to be. Um, but every session, every reading I do, I am able to get accurate information, um, detailed information in some aspect that is um, verifiable information I didn't know prior. There was no way of me knowing prior. So I continue. I've done over 3,000 paid sessions, paid readings up to this point, and continue. I do group gallery sessions for, for patrons every month. And I will just, I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, and I'll use my ability, especially it's important they go hand in hand. I can't do the box work without the intuitive ability. So I'm not always right um, with everything I get, but with my ability, I'm able to use it and connect enough that when I'm doing that and then running the boxes, running my equipment, um, that has to be in tune. There has to be some connection there. Then the box stuff works better as opposed mm -hmm. to me just turning it on saying, hey, who's here? What's going on? You want to talk? Like I have to tune into that. Is it taxing physically? Absolutely. It's energetically taxing. Um, I can't, I can only do, I do one box set, private box session a week. I do two to three readings, uh, psychic readings, psychic or mediumship readings a week. In addition to the one box session I do, I do only two group sessions um, a month. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And then I'm, then I do sessions to, for my channel. You know, I reach out to well-known people. I ask for well-known people. Um, and that's, I think the most, the most unbelievable mm -hmm. work that I do. I think that people can accept that I speak to people's loved ones, that I'm a medium, that even that these people can come through boxes at times. But when I do a well-known person, it's just, it's like, forget it. No way. I'm done. That's it. I, they can't, they just cannot accept that I'm asking. And I am in no way claiming that I'm getting these people for sure. I don't know that. So no one is saying, you know, I definitely spoke to Kobe Bryant or I definitely spoke to, um, you know, I don't know. I've asked for so many amazing right. people. But what is amazing is that <laughs> every time I ask for them, I get compelling, clear, direct communication that is indicative of what these people would say. I am seeing them in my mind as well. So it's not like I'm just asking. I'm also having a psychic, intuitive experience with that person. 
Um, so, yeah. So when you started this work, I mean, since you haven't been doing this since you were a child, how did you deal with the psychological toll that it took from people around you uh, not accepting of, of what you were doing? Because this is a bit, you know, you're going off, going off the reservation of normal, quote unquote, normal people's thought patterns on these kind of things. I, I'm not even on the reservation of the <laughs> mediums and psychics because <laughs> those guys are saying I'm nuts. So when you have the mediums and the psychics out there going, oh, this is insane. What you've, this got, you've, you've gone off the Dude, deep end. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much further I could have gone. I mean, it's just, it's insane and it's hard. I'm a pretty sane, logical guy. So to do this stuff kind of work is just like, it's in, I don't know how else to describe it, man. I don't like being looked at like I'm insane. I don't like being looked at and judged and called a charlatan, a fake, a, a crazy guy, a kook, you know, all these kinds of names. Yeah. And a lot of them I just have to block and delete, unfortunately, because I just, I'm not going to get into the mud with them sure. and try to convince them. If you find the work and you understand and you watch my videos, you'll know I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very transparent. I'll do this anywhere, any with anyone at any time. Like I, I'll talk about any part of my process. I've worked with institutes. I've worked with PhDs. I've, 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 I've gotten thousands of pieces of 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 evidence. You know that is verifiable, validating evidence that there was no way for me to know, uh, or the box is saying things that there's no way for. Um, anyone to know but the person themselves mm. and even with that being the case it's like it's like cognitive dissonance for these people these two opposing thoughts cannot coincide in the same space for them so to them they're not going to watch my videos or they're not going to give me a chance they're not going to look at the science they're not going to you know look at it it's just i don't believe in this that's crazy so that guy has to be fake so, you know, that was, that was tough. My family and friends, you know, after 10 years, they're starting to understand, but really it was like, you know, I mean, I, I share that I worked with Michael Rispoli, you know, great actor that, you know, one of the best character actors of our time, I feel like. And um, we became very close, him and I, you know, like kind of like a, uh, not, not father and son. He played my father in my movie, but you know, we, we became so very close and we would meet and hang out a lot. And, and eventually I had to really kind of tell him what it is I'm doing. And he, you know, he's an old school kind of Italian. Oh guy. yeah. I was about to say, of, how did that go? <laughs> you know, and, and he would tell me some stories about some of his things that he'd had happened to him, you know, but he was like, you know, Josh, I mean, it's kind of hard to understand. A lot of people will probably, you know, don't, don't believe you. And I said, yeah, they don't. And I, you know, I don't blame them. So there are those like coming out moments that I have to have with people and share them, right. share with them that this is what I do now. And, and I don't blame them if they don't understand or don't believe, but it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that everything I'm doing is a hundred percent real, whether you accept the findings or not, whether you, you know, to some people, it's either fake or it's that, oh, it's real, but everything you're getting is demons lying to you. It's just all demons, all demons. And that is not the case. 98, 99% of what I've captured in the last 10 years has all been positive, 
love-filled, talk of the light, talk of helping others, talk of God, um, angels, talk of that they're happy, doing, you know, they're 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 living a good afterlife, they're around loved ones. So there's a lot of just, I mean, sometimes you get some negative things. Mm -hmm. The negative is not, it's not like demons are gonna kill you. Like it's more yeah. like it's not Ghostbuster like, stuff. No, it's more like just you know, an a-hole that was an a-hole here is an a-hole on the other side. Someone that's not really a positive person on the other side saying something negative. So it's kind of like the same that you would get a troll on a post on Facebook or social media is kind of the same thing on the other side. You get some negative influence sometimes, but it's, it's um, if you're grounded and you have a connection with your higher power, none of that negativity is really gonna really affect you too much. It may kind of affect you a little bit, but it's you know it's rare. So now, what are some life lessons you've heard from the other side that have really been profound in your life? Um, well, one, they've really confirmed that we are light. Our soul is light. That's been continuously confirmed over time. Um, to not have resentment, which is hard. Mm -hmm. to let go of anger which is hard to um to spread the light to spread the light and love love and light and light and love is the same thing and it's god's it's it, it comes from the source um they've talked about jesus but they've talked about um you know shiva and and krishna and buddha they've mentioned these other names these are real energy they are real people real avatars they really were here they really are doing the work so there's been confirmation that there are angels and 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 jesus and the guides and gut and and different you know different avatars mahavatars that have helped us that are helping us that are you know he has come through many times mm -hmm. and, and he and he's used his own voice to come through my box where he has said his name paramahansa he said his name so you know, the lesson that he teaches you in this book is that the gurus are not far from you. That you don't have to have a living guru to get the lessons from that they are still on the other side right there with you, helping you. And he confirmed that by coming through my boxes, really like to validate his own writing. So um, it's just been really beautiful that, you know, people can be in darkness. If you die in a place of pain, and suffering and you're and you're or you're angry or you 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 know were selfish when you were alive you didn't care about trying to improve yourself you know you may not go right to heaven you may be in a um not a bad place but it's you know there's i don't hear a lot of hell it's mm -hmm. more like um you know just a dark a darkness a feeling of darkness it's kind of a you know a mental place i mean you know I think that we can, you know, pretty much just by our vibration, by what we do with ourselves, we can ascend to heaven before dying, mm -hmm. you know, so that we could be in a place already of the, of the divine. And when we die, we're just on the other side of that place of where we were already. So we could already kind of ascend in a set. We've already kind of ascended our vibration. So, you know, it, people that die i mean i had a friend that just died in addiction um and he and he shared that he was feeling darkness where's god's light he said you know he said mm -hmm. i'm okay i'm just trying to accept it and i'm grieving myself right now he said 
So that was interesting. But then I had someone that had cancer that knew he was dying and he, and he made peace with his, with all of his loved ones and everything. And so, you know, he was like, I'm around God. You can see him. He goes, I'm around the light. I am in the light. So you're getting these two stark differences. So I think that the lesson from all of this amazing work is to continue to work on our conscious contact here. I think that's what the greatest lessons that we can learn from these, these sessions that are very interesting, very telling, very revealing about the other side, mm-hmm. but they're very revealing about this side. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It's, it, it, with all your research and experience, do you have any advice on how we can connect with our higher selves? Well, I, you know, I, I don't really do a lot of work as far as I try to keep things simple for me because I can overthink a lot of things and I can start looking in books and books and books and doing this and this research and that research. So I find that um, for me, it you know, the best is is really through prayer and meditation on a daily basis is that and, and, and a lot of trusting in my higher power um and then you know almost like blindly walking in that faith you know i mean i have to do the next right thing in front of me but there's a lot of things i just don't know mm-hmm. i don't understand yet i don't know why this is happening what the purpose of this is or where i should be going with this sometimes it's the 11th hour when i receive it and it's put on my heart you know and and i and i'm like okay and so now I've come to a place in my faith where I'm like, I get pissed off at things. I get little trials and tribulations sometimes can throw me off, you know, whatever. But I always go right back to the kind of, to that center of gravity, which is for me, Christ and 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 my guru. And I just go, I'm trusting in you guys. Give me the guidance, walk me through this. And if you don't tell me the answer right now, then I know you'll give me the answer when it's time. And that it just works out. So, I mean, you know, that's what I have to do. Um, I know my soul is is light and one with Christ. And I have to keep on affirming that every day because this world does a great job at trying mm. to get me to forget that. Yes, and so it it's a daily reminder of that. So I, I, I have the built-in forgetter. So I have to keep every day doing, you know, that that work. Um, in order for me to stay feeling plugged in. What's next for you and the and the work that you're doing? Well, a couple of years ago, I said, that's, you know, I said, I'm doing this channel, I'm doing sessions for people, but I don't know what to do. And so I'm like, God, Christ, you need to show me what I need to do. What is next for this? And I said, I, you know, and then, you know, when the time was right, he told me, I got it put on me, he said, you know, and I heard his words too. He said, you know, write a book, create an app for people for free, you know, create an app and, and start holding events. And um, so I wrote the book, I created the app. The app is out there. It's the Hope Spirit Box app. It's for free on Android and iOS. And it's a, um, it's a, it's a culmination of all my research, all my work, what I have discovered through working with equipment. And it's an amazing tool. And then I started holding live events. And um, last year in St. Augustine was my first 
Hope Afterlife Experience event, three-day weekend event. Um, it was amazing. Um, and then in a few days, couple of days, I'm going to be driving to New Orleans to hold the second Hope Afterlife Experience in New Orleans. And, and then in February will be uh, Savannah, Georgia. Um, so, you know, I'm doing that. Um, I'm working on 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 creating um, a nonprofit organization, uh, the Facility of Hope. Uh, when I first started, it was uh, Hope was an acronym for helping uh, or helpers of paranormal entities, and now it's becoming an acronym for helping other people evolve, because it's really about the living as much as it is the afterlife. It's not mm -hmm. uh, just about afterlife research. So, looking at finding ways to help more people now that don't have faith, that don't have a belief to help help them with that. So, you know, I don't know where else it's supposed to go. I'm going to keep doing the channel. Um, I'm going to write a second book here soon. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with a, a pro version of the app, which is an online version for desktop. It's not for the phone. It's a, it's a more advanced version. Um, you know, it's been downloaded over 120,000 times now. So it's an app that's been tried and tested now over the last you know year and a half now and so it's been mm -hmm. really amazing so i'm going to keep doing that and i'm going to keep kind of going against the the paranormal grain the religious grain whatever other grains there are because it's like uh, i'm you know trying to really show the reality and the truth that you know christ doesn't hate anybody you can find um, that higher power connection in anything that you do. Um, you don't have to be a part of a religion. Um, there's a lot of great things in the Bible, but there's a lot of misinterpreted things. There's a lot of things that have been left out, unfortunately. And I talk about that in my book. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we haven't been given the truth on completely. And, and it's our job to find that out. You can't just take anyone's word for it. you got to experience that yourself. Um, you know, so through your own experience, everyone should never, you know, they should always keep seeking, always keep seeking. That's like my message, you know, be the change you want to be that you want to see. And, you know, like Rex Bear says that from the leak project and I love him and, uh, and, and to keep seeking, never stop seeking. I mean, I don't know what else I could say about that. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions, ask all my guests, what is your definition of living a good life? Um, sorry if you hear my cat. He's trying it's all to good. Um, definition of living a good life is um, humility, um, a joy in a connection with your higher power, whoever that is for you, whatever that is for you. Um, helping other people um, in some way, giving back in some way. If we're not doing that, then we're missing the biggest part of what this life is supposed to be. So um, I really feel that I don't care what it is you do for a living or a job or, or you know any other thing, but find something that you can do to connect with other people on and to give back in some way. I think that's how we come to know that higher power. What is your mission in this life? To help people realize what I was just saying. Uh, what is the ultimate purpose of life? To connect with a higher power, to connect with a God, a source, um, and and to have some kind of conscious contact with that source, I believe. And where can people find out more about you and the work you're doing? 
hopeparanormal.com, hopeparanormal.com. You can find all things hope related, the book, the app, the events, my classes, group sessions I do for next to nothing, two cups of coffee. I give people an opportunity to ask for loved ones on a, once a month in a group setting um, if they don't want to get a private session. So hopeparanormal.com, um, the channel, you can find my channel, which, you know, got a good amount on TikTok and I've been sharing my clips on TikTok with almost 350,000 followers. So, I mean, I've got a good following there and, um, you know, and there's this really beautiful thing. So hopeparanormal.com. And is there a message you would like to leave the audience with? A method? A message. A message. Your last messaging. Yeah. Keep seeking, never stop seeking and be the change that you want to see in this world. That's, that's what we have power over. That's what we have control over. Josh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, brother. Thank you uh, for the work you're doing. Likewise, and, man. Thank you, and, Alex. And doing and doing everything you're doing, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you and what you're doing with a lot of different fronts, the filmmakers and here, man. Really good stuff, dude. I want to thank Joshua so much for coming on the show and sharing his time with all of us today. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash one two. Eight. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.